<sighs> well, I'm done. So, <laughs> I uh, no, okay, so we're going to talk today about the Holy Spirit. Um, I feel like I had something else to say. Virginia, uh, man, I, uh, I hate it. I repent um, on behalf of um, our country. It weighs really heavy to me, and I just want to make sure that you guys know, as we look at the news, what's happening there isn't far from where we live. If you have a coworker that you dislike, and it gets under your skin and you place judgment on them, we're doing the same thing. And it's important that we walk in love for every human being. That is our calling, right? That we love everyone that we come across, regardless of how they treat us. Jesus said, bless those who curse you. Love your enemies. I mean, the, the, the call of God to carry the cross, it is really difficult. And uh, I think when I, when I click on the news, I, I, the first thought that comes in my head is, who would? That's so ugly. And it's not far from where we live when we judge our coworkers and we dislike them and we place judgment on their anger or their attitude or their shortcomings. Uh, I want to make sure that in our lives we have the ability of, of looking at everyone with love. Amen? And so, uh, yeah. Uh, well, we're going to get started today. If you're new here, um, or if this is the first time that you're hearing me, sorry. I get nervous every time I talk, and today it is, I'm so nervous today. And so I'm going to be weird for the first five to ten minutes, and I apologize. Um, I need a volunteer. Um, can who's anyone willing to volunteer for me for a quick illustration? Nice. Melissa, come on. Yeah, come on down. You're the next contestant on the way. Give me the shirt. All right, so um, Melissa, I need you to turn around, face everyone, and I need you to put this pencil on your shoulder and balance it there. And uh, it's kind of difficult. Um, and so I need you to pick up those pencils without dropping the pencil. Go. Super hard. Okay, you can go. I wanted you to fail, actually. That was the trick. Um, and so um, anyways, thank you, Melissa. Um, I tricked you. And so I've been trying to just hold this washcloth on my shoulder all morning uh, in light of what we're talking about today. And I'll come back around that to that, this little guy here later. Uh, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And um, it is a subject that is important to me on so many levels. One, uh, the Holy Spirit, uh, you need to know, is a person. The idea of the Holy Spirit, especially in Polk County, has been very much abused. And, um, and so we're a weird generation, I feel like. We are trying to compensate for maybe um, some of the things that maybe have gone wrong with the way that the Holy Spirit has been used or manipulated in the past. Does that make sense? And so what happens as a Spirit-filled generation is that we counter this situation and we try to carry uh, the Holy Spirit in a way that um, we can control what he does and who he is. And I think that we have to be careful because it's very, 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 very dangerous that we control or perfect the person of the Holy Spirit that's in our lives. Does that make sense? So today I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit and this is going to be like week one. And so this is, I'm trying to get to Holy Spirit 101, um, but I, I need to say something and I kind of need you to repeat it back to me because this is something that I believe is really true. And I hope that this carries through the whole service. But the Holy Spirit is something that cannot be taught. Say cannot be taught. But can only be sought. He cannot be taught. 
He can only be sought. It is important that I tell you that because um, the way I like to think of it, and I don't know why I always use this as an illustration, but for some reason, every time I've taught on the Holy Spirit, I've used this person as an illustration. But I have a guy that um, was a mentor in my life some years ago, and his name was Patsy. And uh, Patsy is close to some people here, but for some reason, every time I've talked on this, I use Patsy as the illustration. And so I'm sorry that I do this, but that's what I've done. So why not stay to it? So um, Patsy is a friend of mine, and he has been a father and a pastor and a friend, and a mentor, and a discipler, and so perfect for my life. Does that make sense? And I can tell you about who Patsy is, and what he's done for me. I can even write books about who Patsy is, but you would never learn him unless you met him. It's the same way with the Holy Spirit, man. I'm grateful for people that study, and I'm grateful for people that have a, a, a huge amount of knowledge but we can only learn the Holy Spirit through being with Him. Knowledge is great, but in, 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 in truth, through studying the Word of God, this is a great thing to back up our encounters of what we're experiencing with the Holy Spirit. But man, you have to meet with Him. You have to seek Him. You have to speak with Him. I'm going to get into this, and I, I think that this can be really good as I try to set the bar again for who the Holy Spirit is in our generation. Francis Chan, who's one of my favorite speakers and uh, probably my favorite communicator of the gospel, he references the Holy Spirit as, as today's forgotten God. And I have to start off there reminding all of us that um, the Holy Spirit is the third person in the Blessed Trinity. Whether you realize it or not, we're Protestant or Catholic, we, we, we all share the, the same faith in that he is, we believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And uh, I, I was raised Catholic, and so this is something that I sometimes still do. I, I get nervous that I was, the fear of God was put into me. Yes, I will, uh, and, okay, I'm going to stop. I, uh, come back to, okay, great. And so uh, I'm going to start with um, talking about um, a little bit of background on Jesus and who the Holy Spirit was to him. I forgot. If you have your phones today, would you get them out? Get them out your phones. Get them out. Get them out. Get them out. Text in today if you want us to know that you were here. We'd appreciate it. We do attendance, and we'd like to know that you're here. This is how we do attendance at the way. If you would text in today, 777-3520, 777-3520. The key word today is uh, spirit, and uh, someone will communicate back to you and say thanks for coming if you've never texted before, and we'll We'll start a little text message chatter with you in, te- in church today, and it will end up with you being the recipient of uh, multiple gifts. And um, it'll be wonderful. You'll love it. Um, I have a scripture for you. And uh, so this is week one in learning the importance and the priority and the place and the position of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? I'm hoping to reset some doctrine today, and that is dangerous and a slippery slope. Before I get into any scripture, I would just ask you, raise your hand if you believe that you're teachable. That's really good. I, um, those are really high statistics, if that is accurate. Uh, and so I find in my life that I am teachable on like the fifth occasion, right? Anyone, my wife will tell you. Uh, and so, uh, <laughs> and so uh, I, I, I'm stubborn and just like anyone else, I think a lot of us are stubborn, especially about the things that we know, like the New York football giants. 
I know that they're going to win the Super Bowl again this year. And uh, that's just fact. It's fact. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. And so here we go. So resetting things that is an idea in our head. We are a non-denominational church. And so that's different. It's difficult, especially because we have people coming from many different denominations, and many different backgrounds. And so I would encourage you today as I teach on the Holy Spirit to please cross-reference all of these verses that I'm going to throw at you, which I'm going to throw a lot of verses at you today. This is a Carl Strader sermon today. Uh, I have, I have, I have little bit of talking and a lot of bit of scripture. And so um, all of my illustrations will just be another verse, followed by another verse, <laughs> followed by another verse, followed by another verse. And so uh, it's going to be cool. Uh, but uh, with that being said, um, we have to be teachable, especially with the things that we know. What I've learned a lot about my relationship with God is that um, there was a time where I spent three months reading John chapter 15. And every day I would wake up and I'd read John chapter 15. And every day I would look at it and go, oh my gosh, that wasn't there yesterday. How did I just learn something that I know? I can quote John 15 from front and almost backwards, and I would read it and learn something. And I think that this is the way it has to be with the Holy Spirit. So I'm hoping today to not say something that's heresy. Here we go. John chapter 16, verses 7 through uh, 8. And uh, Jesus would say this. This is the mouth of our Savior. He is 100% God. He is uh, part of the Blessed Trinity. And Jesus, from his lips, the greatest teacher, prophet, known to man, the greatest human being, sacrificed for our sin, Lamb of God, he said this. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, then the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Whew, man, that's a heavy responsibility. Um, as a disciple of Jesus, it is our goal in, in life to become like Jesus. And Jesus realized there was a mathematical problem in a multiplication of him making disciples amongst the earth. The problem was, I can, I can do 12 pretty good. How do we move on from here? The only way that we move on and we grow is if I disappear and I send someone else. Someone that can be in your life everywhere that you go all the time. These aren't the days of Jesus. Jesus paid the price. He paid one, he died once and for all, and he paid the greatest price, and he died and he was resurrected, and he sits at the, at the right hand of the throne of God, and he released his precious promise to us. And so now as we talk and have fellowship with God, I hope that you understand that this is the pattern of fellowship with God, that we pray to the Father through Jesus by the Holy Spirit. And he is our vehicle. Jesus is our road. And the Father is our destination. And everything that we do is for the Father. Do you understand? And Jesus said that if I be lifted up, I'll draw all people unto you. The hope and the prayer is that the Holy Spirit would do this work. I have to stop and get into my notes or I'll never get through this message. Here we go. So Jesus is um, 30 years old at this point and he is 100% man. You have to understand that when Jesus came, he became 100% man so that he can die in your place. He relates to your weaknesses and your vulnerabilities. As Jesus is being raised and he's 12 years old and he's in Luke chapter 3, he's, he's in the temple courts and he gets lost and separated from his parents for multiple days and he's studying with the Pharisees and he's, he's mesmerizing them with all of the knowledge that he has. He is studying verse by verse and verse by verse and verse by verse. 
He is becoming a great man of God, but it is in John chapter 16 that we find that he receives the Holy Spirit for the first time that we see in the scriptures. I'm going to take you there. He's 30 years old, and John is baptizing at, at, at the Jordan River. Is everyone with me? Can you picture this, this dude in camel hair? Crazy dude. I mean, he's a weird guy for the most part, and he's got a large following. And John the Baptist says this. I'm sorry, this is not in Luke, John 16. It's in Matthew verses 3, 9 through 11. And he says, don't say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. He is rebuking the known church at this point. We have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children uh, to Abraham from these very stones. And, and even now the axe is laid to the root of these trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. And indeed, I baptize you with water and unto repentance. Let me just stop there for a second. What is happening is a voice that doesn't sound very common to the church today. John is very serious in saying everything that's happening is wrong. And God is about to bring a massive amount of change to the church. See that the axe is already at the root of the tree. Man, that's crazy. I want in my life God to not need to do that. Does that make sense? Okay. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. It's important that we understand that John is prophesying about something that is going to happen. Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. This is not my words, it's John's. A lot of people who come from different denominational back uh, backgrounds, this makes them nervous. Like, oh no, what's he going to do today? Listen, we're going to keep it simple. Uh, verse, uh, verse 13 through 17, it says this, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And you're coming to me. And then Jesus answered, he says, permit it now. Thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. And when he, he, then he had been baptized. And Jesus immediately came up out of the waters. And behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending down like a dove and lightning upon him. Suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Can you see the Holy Spirit being descending down upon Jesus? And this is the first time that we know that the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus. It is in the very next verses that we see something radically change happen. Now listen, this is important that you get this. Because if Jesus had to become like this, then we have to become like this. So the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, and God said, This is my Son in whom I'm pleased with. Now in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, this is the very next thing that happens. Jesus then was led by the Spirit of God. Hold on a second. Father, the Son, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Jesus had to not only be baptized so he could receive the Holy Spirit, but he also had to be led by the Spirit of God his whole life. In fact, throughout Jesus' entire ministry, he would be quoting, saying things crazy like, I'm only doing things that I see the Father doing. I'm only saying things that the Holy Spirit is telling me to say. These are really radical statements coming from the greatest teacher that's ever lived. 
Who is the Holy Spirit in your life? Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. You have to know who is the Holy Spirit. He is a person. Jesus would prophesy that when he comes, when he teaches, that he will guide, that he will teach, that he will lead. He is a person. He has emotions. He has feelings. He is a person. Why am I saying this? Because he is in your life. The Holy Spirit is not a dove. He is not a mystical creature. He is not a ghost that floats around. He is a person that sticks closer than a brother. He is with you today. He was with you when you woke up this morning. David said, even if I make my bed in hell, you're with me. Because when God prophesied even to Moses that I will be with you even to the ends of the earth, this is only possible by the promise of the... You have to know that he is a really big deal in your life today. And I'm going to make him a bigger deal and a bigger deal and a bigger deal because I believe, like Francis Chan would say, that he is a forgotten God. Jesus gets a lot of credit in this day and age because we like to model the hospitality and the humanity of Jesus. He, we, we fashioned Jesus. We would like to be like Jesus. But the fact is that Jesus is saying, if you want to be like me, you've got to be like this guy. Okay. Third person of the Trinity. The, the, it's, it's important that we understand that the Holy Spirit has emotions. What do you mean by that, Tim? He can be quenched. He can be offended. He can be disturbed and bothered. So when he is with us, it's important that we treat him with care and with respect and that we do everything in our life to honor his presence in our life. There are things, uh, when I, I got married, I didn't realize there's a lot of things that I do that offends my wife. There's a lot of things that I watch on television that offends my wife. It's important that there are things in your life that you don't do that would offend this person that's with you. Does that make sense? And you'll know it, man, when you offend him. Oh, your stomach will turn. The Bible says that out of your belly will flow rivers of life. I believe, uh, my old pastor Strader used to say, that this is where the Holy Spirit lives. This is where the Holy Spirit speaks. He lives inside of you, and when you've bothered him, oh man, uh, it'll, it'll turn. It's like you want to throw up. If you've said something you shouldn't have said, you went somewhere you shouldn't have gone, you've done something, you're about to do something you shouldn't do, You'll know it here. It'll turn. Hmm. We're going to get there. So the Holy Spirit, so you know, like this isn't a New Testament thing. Actually, the Holy Spirit has been here throughout the ages. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it says this, In the beginning that God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Actually, before we name any person in the Trinity, the Holy Spirit was the first person that was there. It's important that we understand that we give Him credit, that He is a big deal in creating, in healing, in reconciliation, in recreating, in anything that's going wrong. We want His presence there. Hmm, I'll get there. That's another time for another... Cool. Then in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, that, the scriptures would say this, Then God said, Let us make man in our image. We see again the blessed Trinity. God, for the first time, where there's no one that's been created, no person that's been created, He speaks plural. 
Let us make man in our image. Who is God talking with? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so again, we see the Blessed Trinity at work. I'm going to fast forward a little bit into uh, where we're at today. And then again, the Holy Spirit cannot be taught. He has to be sought. We have to seek God. And I wonder in our life right now, are you guilty of being able to say that you're seeking God in your life? Because I believe that this is what we're doing. We've realized that we've messed some things up in our life and we needed God. And now we want Him everywhere in everything and we want to know Him. We want to know Him more. I don't know how far ahead I'm jumping into what series or what day right now, but I, I'm just, I want to say it anyway. I, I get excited about this. The heartbeat of a disciple, of someone that just has given their lives over to the Lord, John would say this. John the Baptist would, or, uh, John the Baptist would say that I must decrease and you must increase. That I must decrease and you must increase. This is only possible if you are giving way to the Holy I must decrease and you must increase. This is our heart's desire. Paul would say this. He said, Galatians 2.20, he said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, it's not I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. And the life that I live now, I, I, I live by faith in the Son of God. So what, what we're saying here is that Paul is saying that I died to myself, right? I hope that we're all here. We've all realized that we're a dog with fleas. We all, we've all realized that we've screwed this whole thing up. We've all realized that we've, we've got nothing without Jesus, that he's the best thing in our life. And so we've, we've let go of our wisdom and said, God, you live in my life. I didn't pray. Can we pray together real quick? Holy Spirit, help. In Jesus' name. Nevertheless, not I that lives, but Christ, he lives in me. And so as, as we would go on, I, I'm talking about now the life of the Holy Spirit. If we are a Christian, Paul would say that we cannot even confess Jesus to be Lord without the Holy Spirit. So some of you, there's all different measures of the Holy Spirit in this room. Some of you are growing further and further and further and further in the knowledge of the Holy Spirit. But this is our effort that we would slip away and the Holy Spirit would come. Watch, the Holy Spirit is involved in salvation. John chapter 3. There's this conversation that Jesus has with this guy called Nicodemus. Nicodemus comes to him and he says, Hey, what must we do to enter into heaven? And Jesus looks at him and he says, you must be born again. And he says, man, this is kind of confusing. I don't think I understand this. How is it possible for a man to enter the womb a second time? And Jesus says, no, what's born of flesh is flesh. What's born of the spirit is spirit. You must be born again. Here's what I'm saying, guys. If you've made Jesus your Lord, up to this point you've lived carnally. You've lived selfishly. You've lived for your own gratification and gain. But if you're going to live for Jesus, you have to live in the Spirit. Now, this is where life is. This is where peace is. This is where hope is. This is where healing is. What's flesh is flesh, and what is Spirit is Spirit. You must be born again. Are you hearing me? The Holy Spirit cannot be the forgotten God 
we have to seek him and find him and seek him in our life every day. Uh, he would say that well, the wind blows where it wishes and uh, you hear the sound of it. You can't tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. What I love about that, just that last statement, is so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Here's what I know. This is not part of today's sermon, but I like it and I'm going to go with it. So here we go. One of the things that bothers a lot of people, what I've seen is the church is growing and growing and growing. Churches are getting better at being a business and being better and better and better, more professional, more professional, more professional. And what I'm nervous about is that whole services are so structured to a point where God, he couldn't move in that service if he tried. But it's gotten so good, so polished, so excellent, so great. It's like washing WWE or something that's like, you know, like, it's just good. The words are perfect and the lights were perfect and everything was just right. We don't need the Holy Spirit to show up. We can do it without Him. And this is dangerous. And what Jesus is saying is everyone that's born of the Spirit, you actually don't know where they're coming from or where they're going. Now, what I know is the reason why some of us don't like to see the Holy Spirit move is because we don't know what's going to happen. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but you can't control him. You're not God. If you want to be God again, you can go back to trying to do it all yourself. But that's why we came to him, because we couldn't. That's why I give him my finances. I don't know what you're going to do with it, God, but you can have it all. I don't understand your ways. Your thoughts are not our thoughts. Your ways are not our ways. I'm never going to understand you, what you're going to do, how you're going to heal this person, when the miracle is going to come, what you're going to do in the finances, when you're going to... We don't know what he's going to do or how he's going to do it. And so is everyone that's born of the Spirit. You have to know, you can plan your day, but you've got to be willing to be interrupted or you're not led of the Spirit. If you don't have interruptions of your life, God is not leading you. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just saying you're in control. You did it. Great job. Hmm. If Jesus had to be led by the... Hmm. Okay, here we go. I'm going to keep going here. All right. So Romans chapter 8, verse 5 through 6. Listen to this, man. This is good stuff. For everyone who lives according to the flesh sets their mind on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. What I'm saying is, if you're born again, you've got to be thinking about the things of the Spirit. This is where our life is. This is where peace is. This is where rest is. I only have peace when I give up and I surrender. Up until that point, I'm warring. In my finances, I'm fighting trying to understand. I'm trying to get more money. I'm trying to build my kingdom. But when I let go, I have peace. I know you'll take care of me, God. I don't know how you're going to do it. In my, in my health, in my body, I'm fighting, I'm fighting, I'm fighting. Trying to take medicine or trying to fix me. It's when I let go that I have peace. I can't heal my body. I can't even heal my soul but I have relationship with the one that will. You can kill my body, but I know the one that will lift my soul. That is peace. You can put a gun to my head and it doesn't, it, you, you can't take that peace from me. Mm. Carnally minded 
Okay, is this good? Oh, this is good. I think oh, this is good. Okay, here we go. Um, so then, then, then verse 9, he says this, But you are not in the flesh, you are in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. Whoa, hold on a second. Because I'm trying to do these things, but I'm not always doing these things. I need to give you some appropriate doctrine. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, I don't care how crazy you hear me talking today. If you don't have any of this, you're not God's. Because when you become God's, He deposits His Spirit in you. Now the idea is to grow that Spirit in your life. And you do this by seeking. By seeking. By seeking. By seeking. By yielding. By surrendering. By giving up. And so I, I want to be sure that I, I say this. Paul says that you cannot call Jesus Lord without the power of the Holy Spirit. So if you recognize that Jesus is Lord, you already have a measure. What my hope is today is to get you to turn your eyes more constantly. More constantly. More constantly. And I'll get there here. I promise I'm going somewhere with this. All right. So uh, verses uh, 9 through 11, he would say this. No, verse 11, he says, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Verse 14, listen to this. This is so cool. Man, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, those are the sons of God. For as many as led by the Spirit of God, those are the sons of God. What I love is, just as Jesus had to be led by the Spirit, so do I. I know what my day is going to look like tomorrow. I'm going to wake up at like 4.30 tomorrow because I've got kids and they've, they've got to go to school. So I've got to get them to wash their hair, brush their teeth. I've got to tell them 15 times to brush their teeth. Anyone else going to do this tomorrow? So I know what my day is going to look like. I'm going to brush your teeth, brush your teeth, brush your teeth, brush your teeth, brush your teeth. Some of you are actually just telling your spouse to do this very thing right now. And uh, so I'm just kidding. So anyways, so brush your teeth, comb your hair, get, you know, put your clothes on, let's eat, let's eat, all so we can get out the door in time, so we can get to school on time, so that we can, so I can go to work, and I'm going to be at work from this time to this time, and I'm going to, when I get out of work here, then I'm going to go here, my day is already scheduled, and it hasn't even started, I know what's going to happen all day, except for the moments where God speaks to me, and these are the moments I live for. Because he is infinitely greater than anything I'm going to encounter tomorrow. When I meet with him, everything else changes. When he speaks to you, you understand this is the difference between Muslims and you? They don't believe God speaks to them. You have a God who is alive, who is walking next to you and is trying to get your attention all day long. Man, it's good to know that he's going to provoke you tomorrow to anything and I'll just I'll just trust you I don't know but I believe because you're millions of years old that you know more than me I'm just going to go with it you want me to give all my money all right here you go I'm just going to be led by you whatever you want to do God oh you want me to speak to this person about something that I have no idea what's going on in their life I'm I'm just going to trust you because I don't know you just got to be led by him and he'll do it right here. I don't know how to explain it, but it's deep down in your belly. And then it, but when you don't, when you say no and you turn that thing off, you're going to know it. You're going to want to throw up. It's going to feel gross. 
He's a big deal. Sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? Do you not know that you're the temple of God and the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you? Listen, every one of you, this isn't being Pentecostal or Spirit-filled. This is just straight up regular basic doctrine on the Holy Spirit. You are a Christian. You're born again. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And now we figure out how to live for Him. Now we figure out how to listen to Him. So here's one of the things I wanted to teach you today. I said all of those things to get you here. Oh, here's a cool one. So the Holy Spirit, we're led by the Spirit. Everyone say we're led by the Spirit. And then the Spirit lives in me. Say he lives in me. This is what's so cool about the Holy Spirit. And where two or three of us gather in his name, he's there in our midst. Jesus would say this. This is actually his words. He says that where two or three are gathered, so am I there in your midst. I, I want you to know that when I pray with Brian and Brandy, Jesus doesn't like sneak up from out and behind a door and then like he's standing here like he, he's talking about his spirit. He's going to show up. So not only does he live in us, not only does, does he lead us, not only, but he's also in our midst. He is among us. In, in Old Testament and through Samson, man, he came upon us. Samson would be anointed with the jawbone of a donkey to slay 100 people because the Holy Spirit came on him. Listen, he's upon us, he's among us, he is within us. In him we live, we move, and we have our being, Acts would say. He's kind of more of a big deal than I've been thinking about all of my life. In fact, oh my gosh, I, I forgot about you. And so we have this person in our life that we care so much about. God, I love you with all my heart. I just, I don't know you. And this is what I'm learning is that a lot of us are having relationship with the Holy Spirit and we don't know Him. He is a person. He's not a mystical creature. He was here before the foundations of the earth were made. He has always been. He will always be. And He will be with you everywhere you go. Now, I was listening to uh, a cool sermon the other day by Bill Johnson, and uh, he says that this. Has anyone ever had a bird in your life? Or I know someone else had a bird. You ever put a bird on your shoulder? It's like the weirdest feeling in the world, right? Like the sitting there like, oh my gosh, it's so weird. I'm going to try not to move. And so uh, you put a bird on your shoulder, and everything you do now is to not disturb the bird. You want the bird with you, you're going to walk everywhere you go, and you want this bird to be chilling, right? Like, hey, we're cool, man. I'm going to do dishes. Me and you, bird. We're, we're, you're good? I'm good. We're good, all right? And so you're going to walk in a way that honors the bird because you want the bird to stay with you. There's no difference with the Holy Spirit. Everywhere you go, you have to know that his presence is with you, and you want to honor him. And so as I, all day long, I've been telling myself, I'm going to keep this stupid thing on my shoulder. And it has fallen off about 15 times today. And it reminds me of how much I am forgetting about the Holy Spirit throughout my day. Brother Lawrence wrote a book years ago called Practicing His Presence. And someone forwarded it called Henry Newound. He, 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 it was a journal that Brother Lawrence wrote. And then Henry Newound did a forward on it. And then Frank Labach did a forward on it. And the book was about this guy who had this obsession that he wanted to know God. He wanted to keep God's presence with him all the time, every day. He wanted to be close to God. He wanted to know God with him. He said, all day I want to be mindful of you. 
that if I'm doing dishes, I want to do dishes motivated by the love of God. Everything I do, I want it to come out of motivation that I want to know you more. He said, if I pick up, honest to God, this is in the book. He said, if I pick up a pencil, I don't want to pick it up unless I'm motivated by the love of God. I just wonder, how many people in our life are we encountering without the power of the Holy Spirit? How many people are we talking to and laughing with and joking with without his presence? And we say this, God, I want everywhere that I go, I want my life to be an overflow of you. I want people that encounter me to encounter you. And this only happens when we're recognizing more and more and more and more. And he, we decrease and he increases in our life. We have to be more mindful of what he's saying and doing that we're being led by the spirit of God. And I realize, man, I'm, I'm dropping it again and again and again and again. But you're the temple and he lives in you. And we want every thought, every hope, every desire, every passion to honor the one that lives inside of us. I know that when my wife was pregnant, she, would, she changed her diet. Everything in her life was about feeding the one growing inside of her. She slept differently. She, she acted differently. She, 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 her fitness was different. Everything in her life was different based on the one that was growing inside of her. In your life today, how much is he growing inside of you? And this is just one-on-one. We're going to talk more and more next week. I'm going to try to talk about I'm trying. I don't know. We're going to see where we go. If you're new here, I'm all over the place all the time. It's just the way I live. But I think we're going to talk about flesh versus the spirit. It's hard. Paul would say, oh, man. All right, we'll get there next week. All right, here. And then, so we're gonna, then we're gonna, we want to talk about stirring up the, those gifts inside of us that, that it becomes miraculous. Wouldn't you love to see the thing? When Jesus said that you'll do greater things than I do, I want to do greater things than Jesus did. Hmm. This is how I close today. Y'all bow your heads and close your eyes. Yeah. Um, there's some people here today, um, and uh, there are two different folks here. Some people, you, you haven't heard the Holy Spirit talk to you in a long time. You haven't heard God's voice. You've shut him off. Right now, the Holy Spirit's here. And, uh, the Bible says this. He says that it, I, Jesus said, I must go away. Because if I don't come, then the advocate won't come. And when he comes, he'll convict the world of sin and righteousness. You're here today and um, you're not right with God. Maybe you've got an ugly attitude in your home. You haven't displayed the character of Christ. You've got hidden sin in your life right now and he is not honored. And you want to give him the greatest honor today. The way you do that is by saying, God, I'm sorry. Have your way in my life. You're here today, right now, and you know that your life is not right and you haven't honored the one who's with you everywhere you go. You can fake me. You can fake a church. But you'll never fool the one that walks with you. 
right now with every head bowed and every eye closed, you pray for me. Would you raise your hand? Man, that's awesome. Hands all over the room. I'm not right. And I want to honor him. Anyone else? I'll tell you right now, there's nowhere else I'd rather be than with people that just want more of God. I don't care what you've done wrong. He is all about you right now. someone else here that would just say you know what I just haven't heard the Holy Spirit in a while I love God I don't he's not speaking to me if that's you would you lift up your hand right now I want to pray for you God bless you God bless you that's awesome I want to hear God speak to me anyone else oh man that's wonderful all we want is you, God. We're your people. You're God, we're not. If you raise your hand, would you stand to your feet right where you're at? Don't be ashamed. Man, this is beautiful, I promise. my life I break off shame and I break off condemnation and I thank you God that you reign here you reign here I thank you right now for ears to hear and eyes to see ears to hear and eyes to see ears to hear and eyes to see what you're saying and doing in our lives all we want is more of you